0: Hi, my name is Camille Conti. Welcome back to the Confusion Experiment podcast. This is the place where we step into the laboratory of life every Monday and become scientific at times in our exploration of our mind, our hearts, and this life that we are living. This is episode 24, Living with Uncertainty. We started the podcast on June 1st with the 18 findings from my book, The Confusion Experiment, in which I meditated for an hour every day for 100 days. The first week we talked about the myths of meditation. In the second week, we talked about the journey from knowing to feeling, the journey from the head to the heart. And in the third episode, in which we explored these 18 findings, I talked about what it was going to take to begin to participate in the new design for living. Since then, we've talked about confusion as a high state of consciousness. We've talked last week about confusion as a strategy, and we've even touched on the power and potency of uncertainty. Today, I want to talk, though, about living in uncertainty, because really, to a great degree, that is exactly what is happening right now. And it is a new experience for us individually and collectively. Those who have been on a devotional path, those who have been practicing daily their spiritual practices, be it yoga, chanting, meditation, prayer, or any practice devotionally, daily, that centers you, that brings you back to the breath, that quiets the mind, that puts you in your body. Any one of those practices has been preparing you for this very moment. We all talk about how we want to go on a retreat and we want to take a break. Well, we are on a retreat right now. Not necessarily the one we thought we needed or wanted to be on, but nonetheless, Here we are, living with and living in uncertainty. I've spent a great deal of time since writing my book talking about uncertainty, because in the 100-day experiment and beyond that till this very day, I came to realize that as I begin to willingly examine things— examine values, examine principles, examine long-held beliefs and preferences. To the degree that I'm willing to explore all of those is to the degree I do the deep dive into myself and learn more about why I am the way I am and why my life is the way that it is. One of those areas had to do with uncertainty, not knowing. And I've talked at great length, and I will continue to talk at great length because it's just that important right now, this idea of the mind needing to know, the obsessive nature of the mind's need to know. And I'll give you a perfect example because the mind has no patience with not knowing, The mind believes that you should know. The mind has great value placed upon knowing, as we all do. We live inside a system that places a high value on knowing and productivity. And when you seemingly don't know or you're not producing, that's a problem. So here we have this new virus called COVID-19. And as with anything that is new, it comes with less knowing than things that are familiar and have been around for a while. This is why we often don't change. This is why we oftentimes stay stuck in bad relationships or bad jobs, because at least we know them. At least we know our misery very well. To take a leap of faith, we'd have to give up the story, and we'd have to temporarily exist in the field of uncertainty. We'd have to temporarily have faith as the universe and our soul and our heart gathers up everything necessary to reveal a fuller picture. We ultimately simply have to have the understanding that in order to know, you've got to go. And so when you start something new, the joy of it is literally living inside the new moment after one new moment because that's truly the only way that you know. And inside those new moments, you have contrast. Oh, this feels really good. This not so much. This worked out really well. Mm, I think we got to tweak that a little bit. So this is what they talk about when when they use the phrase the beginner's mind, this willingness to suspend the need to know because you've redefined the potency and the power and the value of not knowing, of uncertainty and of the new. So with the virus, we have something that's new. And I'll give you an example of the mind's incessant need to know and how it can set us up to not only suffer, but to have a narrative that constricts and limits us. Dr. Fauci and others in the beginning postured themselves as not necessarily believing that we needed to wear masks all the time. And as the virus has been studied... And as it has become more understood and experienced and known, that premise has changed. Now they're coming out because there's more proof, there's more data, there's more understanding now, several months since this thing arrived in society. There's more clarity as to how it spreads, how it moves about, what limits the spread and what contributes to the contagious nature of the virus. So now Dr. Fauci and others have come out and said, turns out masks are a good thing. They're a good thing in these kinds of situations when you're in crowds or you can't socially distance. And the pushback on that has been so intense. Why? Well, on the surface, there's a lot of posturing about you're taking away my rights and all of this political division and all of that. But if you continue to peel back the onion and you continue to look a little bit deeper, what you'll find is all of those narratives are justifications that the mind presents. Because underneath all of that, the mind believes that they should have known. The mind believes that whether it's a new moment or not, you should have known. And if that's what you knew three, four, five months ago, then you can't change your mind because the mind does not value a changed mind. The mind has a lot of judgment on a changed perspective and a changed point of view. Why? Because it values knowing, it values consistency, and it values that which is familiar, So instead of us seeing through this lens, which I hope you're at least temporarily suspending all other beliefs and thoughts and just looking at it through this lens, you can go back to whatever lens you'd like to go back to. Looking at it through this lens, you can go back to your other perspectives and beliefs when we're finished. But just to have the practice of suspending your long-held beliefs To experience another perspective is a really good practice. So instead of us being able to individually and collectively understand how new works and as a result would be able to say, oh, yeah, this makes sense. This is a new thing. We're learning more. Positions and posturing and ideas and methods are going to change naturally We have dug our heels in, even to the cost of our own health and wellness. Why? To be right. To be steady in a belief that says you can't change your mind. Changing your mind is weak. In fact, if you change your mind, it tells us that you really didn't even know what you were talking about when you first told us whatever it is that you said. I know you're hearing this. I know you have the experience in your own life. Internally, our mind tells us that to ourselves. Externally, we hear people tell us that when we change our minds. And so this ability to really understand how the new works is extremely liberating. It stretches the canvas wider so that there is more room For minds that change, there's more room for data that changes how we look at things and how we believe things operate in the world. So that's the very first thing in this talk today about living with and in uncertainty is understanding how new operates and being aware of how you can posture yourself within things that are new in your own life and in the life that's happening around us so that you can feel more at ease, more calm, and more flexible. The other thing that is absolutely fascinating about what is happening right now is this idea that uncertainty is bad. And it causes tremendous anxiety and stress to the mind and consequently to us when you have nothing to counter the argument that the mind presents to us about uncertainty. To believe that uncertainty is a bad thing. This is another filter I would like you to put on and look through at this moment. Why do we believe uncertainty and not knowing is so bad? Again, we come back to the mind. It is because the mind has told us that knowing is the value. Knowing is success. Knowing is the way to live. Security is safety, knowing. Without those things, then why bother? Or it's not true or real. Or it's not worth the leap of faith. Here's another example. I was reading some articles around kids returning to school. And in some of the articles, the people writing the articles wrote, and I paraphrase, that online learning didn't go well. And I'm thinking to myself, well, here's another example of our unwillingness to be patient with experimentation and exploration. COVID came on fast. Things closed down fast. Moving kids to an online experience happened fast. It wasn't something people had time to prepare for. Sure, depending upon what school district we're talking about, there may have been dabbles in online training and teaching, but for the most part, school districts in our country and the public school district as a whole was not properly set up to teach children online every day with best practices, but they did the best they could and they jumped in and they started teaching our kids. Now, after three, four months of doing that, we've learned a lot. We've learned what works, what doesn't work, what the kids need, what they thought we needed, but not so much, what added practices would really help restore the the loss of connection. So it was an experiment, and now we have this awesome opportunity to continue to make it better, to live inside the real-time now moment of a new design for educating our kids, and to get in there in the new school year and keep going, keep teaching online, and use the online platform as the default, and look at the old way in a new way. What would it be like if we looked at the brick and mortar of schools as an opportunity to bring kids in socially and wearing the masks, but having the chance to connect and be with each other? You see what I'm saying? There's all sorts of possibilities now that are being squashed because we expected something brand new without any preparation, online learning, to have been as good as something that's been around for decades. And when it failed, well we just concluded that it would never be able to get better. And that's a missed opportunity for all of us. So I give you these examples simply to see how the mind prepares the narrative individually and collectively, and what it is then that we can do about it. How do we live with uncertainty. How do parents live with the uncertainty of not really knowing whether or not they should send their kids back? Whether or not that decision is right or wrong for the kid's development? Whether or not teachers who love their jobs should go back to schools, dealing with their own personal morals and value systems. Suddenly it's like, wow, do I go back to be of service to the kids whose parents are sending them? Or do I honor this deep feeling that that's not a healthy thing for us to be doing? So there's a lot of questioning, there's a lot of soul searching going on, and that is actually a good thing. That's one of the ways that we live with and in uncertainty. We have a willingness to question Now the mind of course questions with a need for an answer. My suggestion is live in the heart's way. The heart's way is live in the question. Keep living in the question. Keep redesigning the question. Keep contemplating the question. Keep imagining the different scenarios. Put the different scenarios in your body. Imagine yourself in the situation, in the school teaching, sending your kids back to school. How does it feel? Then put, the, put that other scenario in your body, teaching them at home or not teaching at school or offering distant learning. And just allow all these different methods of knowing be a part of how you arrive at a situation. Because I have had my own experience in which the longer I hang out in the question, the more truer it is that I don't make the decision, but rather the decision makes me. Another way to live with uncertainty and to be in uncertainty in a way that's not so stressful, dare I say, peaceful, Um, to live in it in a way that is not constantly challenging your mind and your heart, but rather giving you a centered place from which to live in and with the uncertainty is spiritual practices or just practices. If the word spiritual doesn't work for you, then get rid of it. But the point here is to understand that daily practices are key. I don't really care what practices you try out and ultimately commit yourself to, but there is no doubt in my heart and in my clearest mind that to the degree that that I am steeped in my daily practices, to the degree that I do them frequently throughout the day and night, to the degree that I make a commitment to how it is that I am going to live no matter what gets thrown at me, is to the degree that I am able to be more centered, more in a place of kindness and compassion for myself and others, less angry, less reactional, less willing to get trapped in the 3D world of human conditions and drama and saga. So the payoff is huge. There are so many Facebook groups that are offering daily devotional practices, even if it's something you've never done, even if you're embarrassed and you gotta do it when nobody is looking, I encourage you to find something that helps return you to your breath that helps you get back inside your body, that helps you tolerate your discomfort and helps you hold those feelings that you don't want to feel. Because no matter how crazy it gets, and it will get more crazy here before it's going to level off, because that's how change works. We are seeing a collapse we're seeing a complete collapse and disruption and destruction, which is what has to happen for the new way to have the space to emerge, like a building, right? You put dynamite in the building, you push a button and the thing blows up and collapses upon itself and in an instant, it's just rubble. Well, that is happening a little bit more slowly and there's a lot of buildings right now in our societal makeup and our governmental makeup and our personal and daily makeup that is collapsing so a daily practice walking exercising cycling contemplating reading books that inspire you watching something that inspires you watching other people chant listening to high vibration music finding a yoga practice online, just something. And of course, the mind is like, we don't need that. She doesn't know what she's talking about. We're fine. But the truth is, is that we do really need it. We need it now more than ever because we are heading towards change. And we are living in uncertainty right now because the universe is organizing things on our behalf. And to the degree that we give ourselves permission to be the vessel through which the new emerges, the new reveals itself, the new inspires us in our own minds and hearts, will be to the degree that we have a focus that is not on the world of effects, that is not on the headlines, but rather what is coming. The peace and the love and the unity consciousness and the oneness that we truly desire to experience in our own lives, in our own relationships, in our families, in our community, and ultimately in the world. Does unity mean we don't have different ideas and opinions? Of course not. But it does ultimately believe that we all come from the same stuff and we're all made up of the same stuff. And it is in our differences that there is great beauty. But in the end, we are all made up of the same stuff. So to recap a little bit here of what I've been talking about, because I think it's important to summarize these steps, these practices, these applications as we go forward, this idea of living with uncertainty. First, we have to give ourselves permission to live with and in uncertainty. Second, we have to understand the mind's resistance to uncertainty. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episodes of this podcast, there's a lot of information and education that is extremely helpful right now. The 18 findings are chock full of wisdom that came through me as a result of my meditation experiment. So willingness to live in uncertainty, understanding why the mind pushes back and resists uncertainty, and a curiosity and a willingness to explore what uncertainty really is, and to be open to new definitions and new ideas about the power and the potency of uncertainty, and to be mindful of when your mind is trying to convince you that not knowing and being uncertain is a bad thing. And the heart, the willingness, your willingness to let your heart out Let it be a part of this experience through devotional practices that reconnect you to your heart center, to your feeling state. I remember a long time ago now when I was in Anchorage and I returned to yoga. I think it was after my dad had passed. I sobbed. I sobbed for the first half dozen classes. I had to bring a towel just to gather my tears and snot. Because I was resting inside my body, through the poses, and my body was holding a tremendous amount of sorrow, sadness, trauma, and grief. How I didn't bolt from that class, I don't know. It must have been my soul and heart's directive that just kept me on that mat. And of course, the loving kindness from the teachers that just always say, come in and get on the mat. Just get on the mat. That's all you really have to do. My point is, is that as you turn towards these ideas, as you come into the skin, as you come into the body, as you come into your thoughts, how your mind works, as you come into the heart that's been so closed off, you may cry, you may release, you may feel. And that is actually a good thing because as you move that energy out, as you clear it, as you flush it out of your system, you become lighter, you become more at ease, And you feel more and in order to feel joy we do feel sorrow in order to feel contentment we do feel discontentment so there's just this amazing paradox of feelings that await us and after time your devotional practices will actually put you behind those contrasts you'll get behind the joy and the sadness you'll get behind the content and the discontent and you'll get behind it, and you'll find and you'll experience that there is something that is none of that. There is something that is steady and still and all-knowing, that there is something that is forever flowing, that has a vibrational frequency of ease and calm to it, a sweetness that is untouched by all that we are, experiencing. So join me in the practice of living with the uncertainty that we are experiencing right now by considering some of these ways of looking at things, new filters through which to look at things that are happening, and give yourself permission to change your mind. Give yourself permission to look at the places where you have been really steady and unmovable And give yourself permission to feel what it's like to begin to change your mind. I had an experience of that this morning because I am turning up my devotional practices. I'm going through some situations in my personal life that I just don't want to participate in any longer. And I want to be different in these ongoing situations. I I am truly seeking to remove myself from it as I have been in it and seek a higher plane for myself and those involved. And I realized, okay, you know what you have to do. You have to put more spiritual practices into your life. I woke up this morning. I was listening to chanting. I was chanting myself. I did meditation. I did prayer. I'm going to do more and more and more of it throughout the day. I reconnected with that beautiful Buddhist chant, Nam Myoho Renge Kyo nam yo ho rengekyo, because sound is very healing for me. So that is my offering to you this week. Instead of trying to be certain when clearly you're uncertain, simply be willing to be uncertain. I really don't know what's happening, and I'm okay with that. Things really are uncertain, and I'm okay with that because this is a new moment and new moments bring new information each and every time they show up. Your willingness to change the narrative, your narrative about uncertainty, is absolutely key right now. Just give it a try. See how it feels when you say these things out loud. See how it feels when you put your hand on your heart. You bring compassion to the one within you that doesn't like this uncertainty, that's stressed out about it. That's the you that's been trained. I have that still very active within me. I'm always putting my hand on my heart, bringing compassion to the Camille that is completely freaked out because she is in there. And I am not going to deny that she's in there. I'm not going to to detach myself from her and judge that Camille. That's very unloving. And I'm not going to force myself to be someplace where clearly I can't be at this time. So that's called surrender. I put my hand on my heart. I know you want to know more. I know you're concerned about this. We're taking these steps. It's really okay. Whatever it is you need to say to yourself, teach that to your partner, teach that to your friends, teach that to your children. It will help us tremendously if we allow ourselves to live in the uncertainty of the moment if we give ourselves permission to redefine uncertainty as something that actually has value and is okay, if we explore our own mind's resistance to uncertainty and bring compassion to it because we understand why it pushes back, and to be more willing to simply live in the heart space that is a lot more comfortable with unknowing because it has its own language of knowing than the mind is. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out in the Laboratory of Life this week. If you would like to purchase my book, The Confusion Experiment, you can find it at CamilleConti.com. The audiobook is also out there as well. And if you would like to become a patron of my work, please visit the patron page at The Confusion Experiment at the Podbean site. Take good care of yourself. I will meet you in that field of uncertainty. We will sit there together. We will smile We will relax into not knowing, recognizing and remembering that something within us does.